For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the February 15th edition of Believe in Vikings. I am your host, Dustin Baker. I'm here with Ron Saw and Brian McKinney. Sal Spice is off tonight. We're going to chat about Brian Flores' addition to the Vikings. Alas, he's been introduced in person via press conference. We'll talk a little bit about the Super Bowl and get some of McKinney's takes on both items. First, we're going to talk about betonline.ag. BetOnline remains your number one source for all of your sports betting this season. Everything from the NFL playoffs that capped and pro and college basketball, UFC, and more. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup information, player news, and game trends at BetOnline. With live betting options, free contests, and live scores from almost any sport or game imaginable. BetOnline is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite leagues and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BLEAV, believe BLEAV to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. It's Believe in Vikings. And we brought Cora on the show. She hasn't been on in a couple months. We've missed her dearly. Ooh. But today is an influential day in her little life. Uh, somehow, she's going to explain it to us. She won $10,000 on Twitter. So don't let anybody ever tell you that Twitter is a total cesspool because she's $10,000 richer. So like I don't, I don't want to cesspool. Yeah, well, it, besides from making money on it here with the $10,000. So I don't want to steal any of your glory. I already kind of did. I want you to tell us head to toe how this happened. And obviously it's for real, correct? I think so. So <laughs> I... I have, I don't, I don't want to count anything until it's like actually in my bank account because like kind of sounds like it's too good to be too, but it was like a Jake Paul retweet. And it was if, um, if I, or if the chiefs win tonight, cause he's a big Eagles fan. If the chiefs win tonight, I will give anyone who retweets this and likes it and follows me and I'm the other account $10,000. And I was like, okay, sure. I'm a sucker. I'll do it. <laughs> so I retweeted it. And then today I was working and I was like engrossing work. And Dan texted me and a half an hour later after he texted me, he goes, have you checked Twitter? And I was like, no, why? And he goes, I think you won $10,000. I'm like, no, I never win these things. And I enter everything <laughs> like every Super Bowl ticket giveaway, like every week retweet thing I can enter. I enter everything and I never win. So then I looked on Twitter and I was like, oh my gosh, I have like 20 plus notifications. And then they were all like loading. So it was like way more than 20. And I had five messages and I opened it up and Jake Paul had messaged me and I was like, hello, congratulations and whatever. (laughs) So I was like, oh my gosh, this might be real. So I sent off my email. Um, I haven't heard anything back, but it was like right at end of business day. So maybe tomorrow. I don't want to get my hopes up. I, I think it I think it would have to be real. So, I mean, so long as the account that messaged you is 
Jake with however million followers. It couldn't even yeah. if it was even if it was a hoax, he'd be on the hook to probably, you know, pay right. it out. <laughs> right. Wow. So the negative was, press would be worth it. Thank you. I was shaking. <laughs> yeah, congrats. Like I was literally like scrolling through like, oh my gosh, is this real? <laughs> I had to pause work. I had to I I was like, I was thinking it was like a half hour. I couldn't even function. I was like, oh my gosh. So so are you gonna do the I don't boor- even think it's really real yet. Are you gonna do the boring adult thing with it and like you know pay off student loans or some car or some shit like that? Or what are you gonna do? Don't know yet. Well, a little bit. So we'll probably spend most of it on um when we moved, we trusted one of our friends to pay us back and we never got paid back. So we were on the hook for a lot of money because oh, really? we did some renovations and stuff and whatnot. So we we're kind of on for a decent a chunk of change, and so it kind of We've been letting it sit on a credit card and paying it off a lot. So we'll just pay that off. Okay. And then, I, of course, I'll have to buy something nice. So. <laughs> More than likely, I'm going to buy heated gloves and a heated jacket. <laughs> really? Just know, in time for summer. <laughs> Minnesota's frigid. Yeah, right. And it all came so. from a a retweet that, that you basically endorsed the Chiefs. You thought the Chiefs would win or you just did it oh, for the yeah. heck of it? Oh, I thought the Chiefs would win. I didn't think that the... I mean... I'm a, I'm a huge Chiefs fan, so like, if there's like, I just like their underdog story. They kind of were garbage. We had a friend in college who's like, like, as big a Vikings fan as I am, she is a Chiefs fan. So like, she's even tried out for their cheerleading team multiple times. Her she goes to like almost every single home game. Like, they're big Chiefs fans. Like, they have this entire garage, and it's all Chiefs stuff. So they have like, you know, a, a Chief couch and Chief carpet and chief everything and it's like an entire garage and they have people over for events and whatever and i think they were featured in like our local paper when the chiefs went to the super bowl the first time with patrick mahomes and they're like oh they're you know big chiefs fans this must have been an elk point south dakota huh yeah yeah well it's (laughs) actually sioux city but okay yeah it sounds like a feature that the south dakota media would do all right well you're gonna stay on the show hopefully we're gonna talk about brian flores a little bit um, and you said you saw some or all of that presser today, but BMAC, it's been three weeks since we've, we've spoke to you. And in that time frame, the uh, Vikings indeed brought in Brian Flores for defensive coordinator. And he was the head coach of the dolphins where you played for a season and you live in Miami. Do you know Brian, or do you know how folks feel about Mr. Flores? Um, I knew of him, mm-hmm. um, and I knew that, uh, when he got fired, a lot of this. Fans were kind of just like they liked him here and they felt like he was around our program. So I'm pretty sure guys are happy to see him get a, you know, get a rehire somewhere else. Um, but I never personally met him before. Okay, but the it, would you say that he was mostly a fan favorite down there, or was it kind of 50 50? Down there, yeah, the fans liked him. I mean, you got to remember, he got winning his last game. Mm-hmm. I think it was just like the Patriots and like everybody were, you know, so confused. And then, you know, all the different scenarios and things came out. But, yeah, the fans actually liked him um, and felt like he was taking the team in the right direction. And I guess management felt otherwise. So um, I know the fans down here, they really, you know, were supporting him. OK. All right. Well, I'm going to summarize this press conference the way that I, I jotted it down and then I'll get some reaction from you, Ron. So. Out of the gate in the press conference, Kevin O'Connell said this was his guy. This is the guy he circled and he wanted all along. I think they always say that, but it really felt like he meant it. 
They both reiterated that they're in it to win a Super Bowl in 2023, putting to bed any type of rebuild stuff that folks might have been thinking about. Flores' sons did a gritty when he chose the Vikings because Justin Jefferson is their their favorite player. His uh, Brian Flores' daughter took her first steps at U.S. Bank Stadium at the 2018 Super Bowl, which was probably the coolest part of the the thing for me as a, as a father. Uh, we learned that Kevin O'Connell can evidently coach defense too. Uh, during the interview process, it sounded like KOC was pretty intricate with his uh, defensive mind. They they are going to look for players that play multiple spots on defense. So you know, Lewis Seen types or Brian Asamoa types, hybrids that are you know you might consider out of position. That's kind of their their blueprint. Out of the gate, he also said he's aggressive by nature. That's just what he does. So that's the anti, uh, I guess, Ed Donatel peeking through. He also said there's a lot of players here that already fit his system, which leads me to believe that the defensive overhaul may not be as humongous as we had thought. Uh, he kind of put to bed the the idea that he would be a for sure one and done, although I'm not sure I believe that. He said, I'm where my feet are in terms of the hire and seems genuinely enthusiastic to coach the Vikings. His gut led him to the Vikings. He turned down or he di- withdrew from the Cardinals process because he just had a good vibe about the Vikings. So, Ron, a year ago at this time, Ed Donatel also gave a fabulous press conference. So I want to get that out there before we get too far ahead of ourselves. Ed Donatel wasn't always garbage, nor is he garbage. He just didn't get the job done. So are you pretty damn motivated now or about as motivated as you were last year with Donatel during uh, or after this presser? Well, you know, I admittedly, I'm I'm a lot happier this year than I was even with Donatel. Just I know Donatel had the track record come in, but if you remember last year before we hired O'Connell, if we would have hired Brian Flores, I know he was one of those candidates, and I would have loved it. Um, I was a big fan of his um, for the work that he did in Miami. Um, again, taking at the time, you know, they were bottom feeders um, year in year out, like just you know from what 2015 whenever it was, but uh, um, they were a poor, um, they, they always had a poor record on the field. Um, a lot of that due to what Gase and into, mm-hmm. I don't even know who else they had, but um, so I was a big fan of his just because of his uh, kind of his temperament. Um, I love that in a defensive coach. Um, you know, it was a lot of like, again, I'll always uh, stand up for Mike Tomlin, but a lot of that nature of, um the, he was very fiery, but players would stand behind him and, you know, go to go to war for him. So I loved it. Um, and, you know, watching the press conference, um, you know, it's I know he said that um, O'Connell is aggressive on the offensive side and I'm aggressive on the defensive side. So I do like that um, because, again, Donatel, um, whatever it was that he ran here, I feel like that wasn't what he had ran in the past because he had generated more pressure um, and whatnot. So the fact that um, the, the few things that stood out to me is how Flores um, admitted when asked, like, right, is this a 3-4 or 4 said, depends on who we're playing or mm-hmm. what how he's 3-4. And I mentioned last week how it's a 3-4 with a multiple front scheme, very similar to the Patriots way, because that's where he came up with. Um, but I like that because when if you keep Hunter and, and Zadarius Smith, those are two guys who, while yes, they can drop in coverage, but if they're dropping in coverage, you need to get pressure on the quarterback. You need to be able to let or, or disrupt the routes of the wide receivers. Those are two things we did not, did not do last year. So um, what was the other thing that I loved the 
um, the weighted downs, um, like what she said was a Tomlin phrase of, you know, if, in my mind, I'm thinking of like a third and 17 where we always give up chunk yardage and allow them to go forward on fourth or just give up the third in general so um while maybe the talent may still need to be upgraded to match the scheme um i'd rather you know lose a fight swinging than uh than being passive um <laughs> so if, if we're getting our asses kicked because uh you know we're bringing pressure and just not getting there and then one-on-one getting beat I'll take that all day long over letting Daniel Jones look like Joe Montana back there. (laughs) That certainly happened. Uh, You mentioned the coaches before Flores, Adam Gase was there for three seasons before that it was Dan Campbell. And then before that, it was McKinney's coach, Joe Philbin was, was Campbell actually the, he was just an interim, right? 12 games worth. Mm -hmm. Like I think he finished up the, okay. Well, I didn't know he got that much, that much time. Yeah, five and seven in that stint in 2015, right after Philbin was terminated. So, all right, Cora, you are up. You you said you watched the press conference from head to toe. What were some of your favorite? I'm assuming you liked it. And what were some of your favorite things? Um, I wanted Flores from the beginning. Um, I was super excited when they um, like released that they were interviewing him, and I was just honestly flabbergasted that I mean he had to accept a job but that it wasn't a done deal right away um I I mean I love the tidbits about his daughter about his kids the fact that like Justin Jefferson had like a little bit of a a convincing bit to get him to come over um I mean I I started I mean the Dolphins were kind of irrelevant until he came along and then that's when, you know, you start paying attention to a team is with the coach when the coach, you know, has them win. So I was surprised to see him go. And I guess off of that, I was like, okay, well, I mean, it wasn't that it wasn't that his defense was bad. It was I mean, I don't know, but it wasn't that his defense was bad. He's always been known for being dominant. So I was really excited. And I like I don't know a lot about, you know, three, four, four, three intricacies of <laughs> you know, defenses, but I do like the fact that he is known for more like aggressive play. And, you know, when the Vikings announced that he was their new defensive coordinator, they had, he had a ton of like old people or people that were on his teams that were like, Oh, this is a great hire and old players and all that kind of stuff. And I don't know any of like, I know he was known as like a a tough coach, but like to have players come out and say that, like, you know, that's kind of a big deal. They're putting themselves, they're putting (laughs) themselves out there to say he's, this is a good hire. And they wouldn't say that if they didn't think it, but so I was really excited. And I just love the, like Kevin, Kevin O'Connell had a nickname for him already. Beeflo. So I was like, they know each other. They're friends. Yeah, I think he said that word three times, and it took me that many times to figure out that that was a nickname. I was like, what are they talking about? And I follow this team every day for like 10 hours per day. And I'm like, is he saying Buffalo or Beeflo? What is this? And then it finally clicked. Like, Dude, okay. What I need to see is if I were good at graphic design or anything, like, you know, take one of those uh, progressive commercial, like, or just ads with and just. Photoshop 
Brian Flores over yeah. it and, you know, progressive. Like, that's our, because uh, I feel like that's the direction we're going this year <laughs> on defense. Yeah, I, I'm really excited. I'm stoked. I'm excited that he's here. I was excited when they announced his interview. I was even more excited when they hired him. Today was just a great day. <laughs> it sounds and like I it. got a parking spot right next to the grocery store. Ooh. So you knew things were going right. Wins all around. Yeah. So be- before he got to the Dolphins, they reached the postseason in 2016, and before that in 2008, and before that in 2001. Now, of course, <clears throat> he didn't take them to the postseason. Uh, let's get that out in the open. And they usually were kind of trapped in seven and nine hell um, for the better part of 10, 15 years. Uh, one thing I want to ask Brian, a thing that kind of stands out is this is his first job as a defensive coordinator. Now he he worked in the Belichick system doing almost every defensive job besides defensive coordinator and then jumped from the uh, Belichick. I think he was a linebackers coach to the Dolphins head job, had the controversial termination and then landed as a linebackers coach of the Steelers. And now he's going to take on defensive coordinator for the first time. How different in your estimation is it for a guy to be a head coach and then go to being a coordinator for the first time. Is that weird? Um, a little bit, but he still has a lot of responsibility because now he's over one side of the ball mm-hmm. instead of over a whole team. So he's had practice being a head coach already. So just being just worrying about just the defensive side shouldn't be, you know, too much of a difference. Now you just have one side of the ball to focus on. So he should be able to transition well. Yeah, I don't think that's why anybody's had any fear that, you know, can he handle this? Of course he can handle it. I just thought, you know, when I'm looking over his resume, he had so many years with the Patriots and so many different. He started as a scout, which is pretty sweet. Like when the draft comes along, uh, he'll know what type of dude to get for the, for this defense, assuming he has the input. And yeah, and then, you know, he had the big job in Miami for three years and uh, just a strange career path that brings him, you know, to the NFC and he's going to be a defensive coordinator, but we shall see if it clicks. Ron, what's your One thing you had mentioned? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. No, that you had ahead. mentioned was that KOC said that he could, he knows a lot about defense, right? Mm-hmm. He had said something last year that he wanted to step in. This is a little off track. He wanted to step in and try his hand at being the defensive coordinator a game here or there. Did he ever mm-hmm. end up doing that this last year? No, <clears throat> if it if it did, it was okay. incredibly quietly undercover because uh, that would have been a big okay. like that would have been a big headline that a Donatel is being shoved aside a little bit. And then B, uh, you know, how 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 did O'Connell do? Uh, so, no, I think he just right. h- handled handled the big job. And yeah, that was one big thing that I learned. I think I've just kind of pigeonholed Kevin O'Connell as the offense guy. I don't think that's entirely fair um, because, you know, if, if Brian Flores is raising eyebrows saying, hey, this guy knows, knows what he's talking about, then there, there's probably something to it. Ron, on this uh, possible one and done thing. Now, he said all the right things today. And I don't know. It just seems like if he turns this defense, depending on which metric you use to adjudicate a defense, it was 30th and points allowed, 27th and DVOA somehow 16th in EPA per play generally wasn't very good. If he's able to turn it into a top 15 or even a top 10 defense, do you think it's automatic that he'll get plucked by like who will be looking for a coach, the Raiders or some team like that? 
Well, I mean, I wouldn't go out and say that it's automatic because clearly he was in the running for Arizona and he elected to come here. So um, while, yes, he, I, I feel like until he's a head coach again, his name will continue to be um, in that mix because just because of his track record. I mean, clearly he's a likable guy other than probably by Roger Goodell. Um, but, uh, um, you know, anyone getting sued by, uh, by anyone, he tend to not like that person. But, uh, I mean, he clearly, he has respect around the league. Like, you know, again, the relationship with Tomlin and just not letting him sit out. Um, he'll be, he'll always be on a short list. But, uh, again, the other side, like I said, is sound like he was the front runner for Arizona. Now, whether or not that it it was a Kyler Murray related situation, or if he just truly looked at it as, you know what, my opportunity this year is better being a defensive coordinator than having to go and be a head coach with a quarterback who just tore his ACL. um, Who knows when he's going to come back? Like that will always be a, a, you know, a blotch on the, on the radar. If he starts out and he comes into the year at three and 14 um, or three and 15 or whatever the um, no 14 was right. Um, because you have, you know, John Skelton at uh, at quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's an old name for Car- Cardinals <laughs> galore. But uh, um, so yeah, who knows? He'll, who knows who's going to be looking for a job next year, but maybe he looks at it as his relationship with O'Connell, the fact that he has that control and, you know, he elevates the defense and maybe he, you know, doesn't want to move right away. But um, I, I do see a head coaching job in his career um, again within the next few years, but um, who knows? Maybe he has a sense of pride uh, that, Hey, he wants to, um, he wants to build something, at least show his stamp of approval and then move on. Um, but we can never know what uh, what anyone's going to say. Um, another interesting thing that he said in his press conference when he was in a Pittsburgh church, um, last, whatever, last month, and they said you can either have control or you can have growth and you can't have both at the same time. Um, and, you know, that's, again, at some point he would probably want control, but at least now maybe he just looking for that growth and however long that step takes um I'll, i'm here for it as long as long <laughs> as he's here it's interesting that the vikings job is growth is more growth over the cardinals job because you know defensive coordinator as opposed to a head coach for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. But well, growth as, a a, as a paired or, to the control yeah. of... I, like, yeah, just being able to grow in... Uh, in round out the way I took it as the, the, how he understood it is the growth of just again, rounding out all the edges, not just, Hey, I, I could do it my way, but now I have to, I have to be a, a follower, not just a leader um, in this case. And it's worth mentioning. It's like it's worth polishing everything. Sorry. Go for it. <laughs> it's worth mentioning that his last head coach stint ended terribly for him and he probably thinks that it was you know to a degree a piece of shit organization the way they treated him and if he got that vibe at all in arizona he's probably steered clear of it because 
you know, you don't want to do the fool me once thing. And then I know we've said this for the last 10 years, but Bill Belichick also isn't young. And uh, he's uh, Flores spent 11 years in New England. I'm going to guess the crafts like him. So perhaps perhaps he'll bide his time for when Belichick mm-hmm. skedaddles and interview there. Now, I know he and Belichick didn't really have a great little text message exchange or whatever it was last year at this time. Uh, I think that was more accidental than anything. Um, but if he does uh, depart the Vikings two years from now, then the Vikings will get two third round draft picks uh, based on the compensatory compensatory rules. So that's interesting to keep the note. All right, let's get into some Super Bowl stuff. Uh, Bryant, where a did you watch the game and B, what was your reaction to the finish? Um, I watched it. I was in Hawaii. We were at um, a restaurant called 604. Um, okay. And we, you know, we had a, a watch party for some of the military out there. Um, I knew it was going to be a high scoring game. I already, I think I had been saying that for a while because you had two high power offenses. I just figured whoever was like playing the best on defense to slow somebody down or have it last uh, will end up winning. Um, I initially did think that Philly would win because I wasn't sure how healthy um, Casey was at quarterback, but um, they ended up pulling it off. And I mean, Philly had went down for opening drive and scored, but then Casey answered, and I knew it was going to be like a high-scoring game. Um, but um, Mahomes actually, you know, was moving, you know, pretty well, and often the line was protecting him, so he was able to make some big plays. Yeah, Cora, I want to ask you this. Um, to- Kind of tunnel it back to the Vikings. So when you watched all three and a half, four hours of that game with the halftime and all that, did you during or after leave thinking, God, the Vikings are way far behind this? Or did you think, you know what, we, we could pull something like this off with the way we kind of look this year? Um, I would say in the middle of the year, we could have pulled something like this off. <laughs> after the Buffalo but- game? <laughs> Yeah, after Buffalo game, mm-hmm. you know, all of those like comeback loss or comeback wins when like the defense really like pulled together because I saw a lot of what Kansas City was doing, not, you know, schematically, but like how they were like rallying behind each other and like, you know, like their energy got higher and higher and higher as the game went on. And you could tell the Eagles were getting a little bit more frustrated as the game was going. And so you can kind of tell momentum as you're watching. And so I feel like we could have had a chance. I don't honestly think, I. okay. There's always a bit of hope in me that says maybe we could win, but I'm, I don't know if we could have, but you know, I didn't think we would win very many of the games this year when we were down by 33 mm-hmm. to zero. So, but there, I mean, watching it, I don't usually don't ever bet against the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. But if the Vikings and Chiefs were in there, I honestly wouldn't bet against the Vikings either. So, Ron, there's, Ron. I mean, it could be my delusional fan. So, <laughs> so. Well, if the Vikings play the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, I'm throwing a lot of money at the Chiefs because then I'm happy either way. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> There you go. Uh, I'm not even kidding. <laughs> if I'm gonna, if the Vikings are gonna lose, at least get me paid on this. <laughs> uh, foundationally, Ron. So when I kind of in like the ten minutes after the game, I kind of had this 
apathetic feeling that like yeah, even if the Vikings have the best Kirk year possible or they find the next guy, will it even matter going against Mahomes uh, based on how great he was that game? Of course, teams don't usually repeat. And that was just stinking thinking for me. But foundationally, do you think the Vikings are worlds apart from either the Eagles or the Chiefs, the way the, ro- the roster is structured? I mean, foundationally, I think, you know, everyone would say that yes, because between and I'm not going to go the route of the, the the argument that you've been in the last few days of a quarterback on a rookie scale or not, whatever that has nothing to do with it. It's just you. It, it goes back to we've while we've hit on some superstars, aka Jefferson and you know Chris Christian Darisa, um, The rest of the draft classes have been pretty. Like you haven't built anything with those guys. So um, when you're striking out there and then you go back to the pre-COVID year when you signed Michael Pierce to the big money and what for every reason understandable, he sits out due to his asthma, but you never got any impact out of that. So you're not drafting well. And then when you're spending money, it's not, you're not seeing it on the field. And then that will always set you back year after year. So foundationally, I will say um, that no, when you have Patrick Mahomes, Kelsey, and they built their offensive line, Chris Jones on the defensive line, um, you're going to be dominant force. Now the Eagles may be in for some regression because they were in that mold of, Hey, we're going to, get um, um, Gardner Johnson. We're going to get James Bradbury. We're going to bring in, you know, Matt Robert Linvall. Quinn and they, yeah, like all these <laughs> veterans um, where they're going to have to start paying people. Um, Jalen Hurts is going to be coming up soon that you got to pay him. They've already paid AJ Brown. Devontae Smith is out there. Um, so not saying their window is closed by any means, but um, it's, it's hard. You're not going to be able to have that sustained success with the elite level defense that they've had um, out there. So um, whereas again, back to the, the, the question. So yes, foundationally, I think we are far away, but again, in any given game, like, Justin Jefferson can, can go out there and, and take a game. And if you get your defense playing at a level that, is contingent of, you know, not being the worst in the league, anything could happen. I mean, again, we, 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 we've seen so many things happen in the NFL. And again, you know, Brian, you lived it. You went with Joe Flacco and you beat Peyton Manning and Tom Brady in the same Super Bowl or in the same um, playoffs to win a Super Bowl. So you get hot at the right time and anything could happen. question for you. What were the Eagles doing differently on all the, like the short, QB sneaks and oh yeah That's how in the world question. are they so successful all game long um the guys up front were you know getting penetration was it because um, they were going like super low for the most part yeah just go super low and then that gives them like space to um kind of go over the top because <laughs> you don't want to stand up too high because then it'll be a stalemate so yeah they were just going really low when you get on the goal line like that everybody tends to try to get low to get underneath of each other because did they, they were actually going forward? Did they like? I think they got every single one yeah. that they tried. Obviously, yeah. so. So they've and been. Jalen Hurts is notoriously like he is like like Olympic level squatter. Um, like he yeah, ever back since his high school days, like he's okay. you know putting up five six hundred pounds just on um when you have when and he's not that very tall i think he's what like maybe six one six two um so when you get that lower 
lower body strength behind the best center in the league in um in Jason Kelsey and then you have you know your tight end pushing from behind so um it they they do it well and so the thing Bryant with this Eagles quarterback sneak thing is they've been doing this all year and it's been indefensible all year however in the Super Bowl somehow probably because the season was on the line they did it like what six times seven times do you think that the way that the the running backs come and just you know shove the shit out of the quarterback? You think the NFL will look into outlawing that because it just feels like they broke the game by you know like a cheat code? Do you think that that could be something that would be entertained? I don't think so. I don't see why. Um, see why probably you start seeing more teams probably try to do it, like emulate it. Until they do, if they do make an adjustment, but I don't, I don't see that being a reason. Okay, I, I, I think the only reason I thought about it is because this is the only team that's ever done that, and you know, in that rugby style where it is unstoppable. And usually, when something like kind of like Belichick had, what was it, six, seven years ago, with uh, on the special teams with the guy jumping over the center, and they were like, "Well, oh no, we can't do that anymore." It seems like when you find a little cheat code in the game, the NFL usually rushes to the off season to say. All right, you're not allowed to do that anymore. And I got that vibe that because that play could not be stopped, that all right, maybe they're really gonna say that there's no no pushing on quarterback sneaks anymore. Because it seemed like even when the Chiefs or anybody had it bottled up, oh, then here comes Miles Sanders just pushing his ass, and then it then you know <laughs> then they get the first down. So well, like they didn't get it at first, and then it's like, oh, there he falls yeah. over. There yep. he is. He got it. <laughs> Yeah, and I think it's a perfect storm. So Bryant talked about the technique and then the talent of the offensive line. Ron talked about the Herculean, literally Herculean nature of Hertz, and then just the wherewithal of the running backs to finish it off. Yeah, I, I well, we'll see if the Eagles can replicate it. And I agree with Bryant, like in any sport, like whether it's like an NBA Euro step or, you know, it'll be copied to see if they can do it too. And then maybe the NFL will be like, whoa, whoa, whoa I don't know if you guys can push each other from from behind like that. Uh, Bryant, while we got you, the last question I want to ask for tonight doesn't even relate it to the Vikings, but uh, there's some stuff happening tonight where it looks like Rex Ryan might join the Broncos as a defensive coordinator, and he hasn't been a defensive coordinator since 2008 and hasn't been, he was a head coach in 2016. I want to know from your perspective, do you think a coach who's been removed from the game for head coach seven years or a defensive coordinator 15 years? Can he still be the same, you know, technician that he was in terms of being a damn good coordinator? Or is that a slippery slope because the game has changed? When's the last time he was a coach? 2016, he was the Bills head coach. 2016. Um, I know things have changed. He's going to have to make some adjustments, but um, he should be. I, like, as long as you weren't saying 2008, because I would say the players have changed since then. <laughs> the way but um, 2016, shit, I know, like the change was going on with, you know, not like really yelling at players too much. Um, yeah, there's just new things that he'll probably have to study as far as defensive schemes a little, just a little bit, um, just to you know pick up one and just refresh himself with, just because it's been a little minute. Okay, yeah, and I'll, I'll reiterate that's not a done deal yet, but it's starting to feel like it's coming to fruition, and uh, it's quite the quite the layoff in a sport that seems to have changed to pass happiness while Rex was doing the booth or whatever it is he's been doing with ESPN. 
All right, guys. So next week, uh, Sally should be back. Uh, Ron, we'll start to really dig into Vikings free agency because that is three weeks away. We'll look at dudes that we think will be back. Some guys, I want you to start studying some dudes that they can bring on board. If if they follow last year's blueprint, they made two big splashes in Harrison Phillips and Zadarius Smith, and then a couple junior ones with starters Chandon Sullivan, your guy, Ron, and then Jordan Hicks in the middle of the defense. <laughs> and then, of course, just the Austin Schlottmans to fill out the roster. And they have, a when it's all when they get everything figured out in the cap, they should have a similar amount of money to last year. So we'll spend the next couple weeks getting ready for free agency. Corey, you got anything else? Um, no. No? It's been fun. Yeah, well, we appreciate you coming on and sharing your I story. I would just like to say the end of the season was not neon as the rest of the season. <laughs> I hear. Hey, tell your but. tell your husband that you want to buy Vikings tickets with that 10000 bucks, or at least at least something cool with it. Because you got you earned We might put some aside. Yeah? Yeah, we might put some aside. I you can never say that being a that being a football fan doesn't give you anything. <laughs> or if anybody ever says, apparently to, I want ten thousand dollars. <laughs> if anybody ever tells you you spend too much time on Twitter, now you can just hold up a wad of cash. <laughs> have you won ten thousand dollars? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay. Um, Brian, I did have a question because I saw you know on some of your Instagram story. Did Brandon Carr wear his jersey all all game, or or was that just uh, in spurts? <laughs> Brand Brandon Carr, he he put, he threw on his Chiefs jersey, or at least like, there's a video. Jersey. No, he didn't wear it the whole game at all. Oh, I thought it was because it was it was 21, I believe, or I can't. It, or oh, okay. it was 39. I can't remember. Time, I remember us being in the lobby, and I thought he doing that. <laughs> but yeah, that's the that's the reminder everybody that he was a chief the whole trip. <laughs> do you ever do you ever wear your uh, any of your old jerseys? Like they're super tight so people can't grab you, so like no. <laughs> All right, guys, we'll be back next Wednesday to uh, go through some free agency stuff. Thanks again, Cora, for joining us and thank we'll be, you. We'll be back in one week. Skull, baby. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.